Have you ever ministered to someone? Are you successful at outreach? Today, we will be discussing these topics with Brother Joe Savala. Please join us as we learn what it means to minister. Are you ready to face the truth? Face the Truth is a weekly podcast by the Truth Church of Olathe, Kansas. Now here is your guest host for today's episode. Welcome to this episode of Face the Truth. This is Brother Douglas Goff, your guest host for today's episode. We have a very special episode to share with our listeners. Today, I will be interviewing Brother Joe Savala, a full-time evangelist who has been preaching a powerful revival at the Truth Church. I am thankful that I was able to grab some time with Brother Savala and pull a couple of chairs together in the sanctuary to have a candid conversation about reaching the lost. This is part one of a two-part series where we discuss what it means to minister. Before I go any further, I want to say thank you to all of the faithful listeners of this podcast. I pray this episode is encouraging to each of you. Thank you for your faithfulness. And now, here is part one of the interview with Brother Joe Savala. Thank you, Brother Savala, for joining us on the podcast today for Face the Truth. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. We've been in revival services with Brother Savala for going on five weeks. Tomorrow night we'll be closing out the fifth week of revival. You've been effectively ministering to us, the saints. We've had many guests. We've had some filled with the Holy Ghost. And last week you had an opportunity. Bishop invited you to minister to our M&M class, our ministers and more. And I asked Bishop, I said, listen, I'd like to interview Brother Savala and have him a guest on the podcast. And he gave me his blessing. And so I thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to do so. One of the things that I took away from the podcast was you talked about how to effectively minister. This isn't limited to the pulpit, but it goes far beyond. And we all have a place for us. So my first question to you today would be, What is ministry? Well, I first appreciate you. Let me be on the podcast. Give honor to Pastor Reagan. And it's been been great to be here in revival and uh, seeing all that the Lord has been doing. And so, again, just appreciate uh, the honor to be able to be discussing these things with you. You mentioned, or, or asked rather, how would I describe ministry? Is that correct? Yes, sir. So, well, ministry, the simple definition is servanthood, serving others. Because what we transact our ministry in as people of God, uh, it's really in the, in the soul business. You know, if you're in the restaurant business, it's serving diners. If you're uh, in the airline business, it's serving passengers. You know, right. uh, we're serving people and thereby the, their eternal destinies. And so I suppose that ministry, not the pulpit ministry, which is a different level of ministry, but before anyone can be used in pulpit ministry, they must first have learned, or at least they should have, the rudiments of primary ministry. And that comes from being born again and then accepting the responsibility to minister. 
to folks around you. And uh, the statement that I made, I made this the other night, and I have thought of it often over the years, and my pastor, uh, Brother Nathaniel Wilson, is the first person that I ever heard make the statement. And uh, he said, you can only minister the depth of your own revelation. So as deep as someone is willing to go into the idea of ministry, the principles of it, the practice of it, that's the degree they'll minister to. And again, it starts It starts at what we would call, for lack of a better word, as a saint, a regular saint. You know, if if all a saint's perception of their idea of ministry is is to come to church, you know, read your Bible, pray, have a disciplined prayer life, give tithes and offerings, and they really never move beyond that, then that's as far as they'll ever be able to lead anybody else. But if they if they pursue greater things, a deeper revelation of the things of God, whether it's prayer, fasting, we usually don't we don't get into too deep a revelation on fasting, but a um, little humor there. Uh, but but prayer, study, those sorts of things, then that's how far you'll be able to lead others, and that's how far I'll be able to lead others. So when we you brought this out already about someone who may be in the pulpit versus someone who maybe on the pew, whether you're a local minister helping your pastor, maybe you don't even have a ministerial call upon your life to be in the pulpit. Is there a way that that individual can fill the role of what you described as being able to minister, to reach out to others? Well, certainly. I mean, that the primary role would be that of soul winning, you know, which most folks, at least, especially within the apostolic Pentecostal ranks, would all agree, you know, a preacher, Bible teacher, whatever gets up and begins to talk about soul winning, everybody would stand up and say amen, right? you know, for the most part. We, we agree with the principle. We know that it's a biblical imperative, you know, go ye into all the world and, and so forth. And we're, we're made ministers of reconciliation uh, from which we get the idea of ministry on some have compassion, uh, you know, hating the flesh, pulling them out of the fire, so forth. Uh, all those are Bible verses that we have, and we would all technically agree with that. It's the doing of it. That is, that, that's the doing of ministry. It's one thing to come here, come into a church atmosphere and say, man, it's another thing to take it outside. And that's really where that whole revelation that we talked about in there in that first question comes, is how strongly do I believe that? Do I believe it just as a concept in the Scripture that I'm going to agree with? Is my idea of ministry simply just going and inviting somebody to church? That's really not ministry. That's a part of it, but an invitation is not is not ministry. That's advertisement. Right. So outreach in its broader umbrella, some people would say, oh, I went out and gave out a thousand flyers. That was advertisement. That's advertisement. You didn't minister to anyone. You laid a seed. No, matter of fact, most folks, uh, I would say, I would say on, on the average, and when I say most folks, I'm including myself in this. I have done this. I have went door knocking over the course of the years of doing it and, and somewhat prayed that nobody would be home to answer the door because I don't want to talk to nobody that day. Right. I, I think we, we all have. You know, oh, there's, yeah. there's, 
there's a trepidation. There's the fear of hearing no. There's there's the fear of rejection. All of those things. So we all have have faced that, and it's much easier to go place door knockers, you know, or, or a little door hangers, without knocking on the door. Put something in the windshield. Just hand a flyer to somebody, right? And say, you know, why well, I'm a soul winner. You know, the prayer is is well. We hope they come to church. They'll say somebody invited me. They'll come get the Holy Ghost. Pastor disciples them, and I'm the soul winner. Well, that's not a soul winner. We, we've just we're we're being used in apostolic advertisement, and there's a place for that, but that's not ministry, right? So that doesn't fulfill any of your callings per se. No. Now, can that evolve into ministry? Certainly, right. For instance, you're out knocking doors, and it's prayerful, and and you want to be there, and it's not just going through through uh, the exercise of what we term outreach. A door opens, and you begin to pray with somebody. You know, a need begins to be met. Now, that's that's a whole different level. That is ministry. Right. And and there's no knock to that. Whether or not they come to the church, get the Holy Ghost, whether or not you know as an individual that you've the Lord has used you to minister. Unfortunately, I don't think a whole lot of folks have actually experienced that. Right. Uh, because there's, again, that's, that goes to the degree of your revelation of ministry. Do you do I believe that God can use me in those ways? Am I sensitive enough for God to use me in those ways? And and that's done by practice. Right. So how does one change their approach? Because you've said exactly how I've felt before. I've had instances where you walk to the door and you're like, I hope they don't answer the door. I hear dogs barking, someone may be home. But then, you know, I'm thinking about this and, you know, God has helped me get through that because I'm not a naturally an outgoing person to go and um, chase down strangers. But God has given me help and, and give me a burden, desire to do this. How does one change that? How does one pivot from that obligation to where they then can turn and effectively see every door as an opportunity to minister. Well, I think you, know, you mentioned a, a word that, that you have a burden for that. And I understand it, it, it's our, what we use a lot in, in churches, you know, I ask God for a burden for souls and that sort of stuff. So what I'm going to say here is not, it's not a knock. It's just I don't. You ask me a question, so I'm just going to answer it the best that sure. I can. The way that it's worked for me, I don't think most folks are what we would call extroverts. I won't say people persons because if you're a people, you're a person. Therefore, you're a people person. I mean, we're we're all people. But what we're really looking for is the idea of extrovert. The truth is, is I'm not. Most folks don't know that. They think every minister is you know just. Somebody that's just, well, that's, you're built for the ministry. Well, we're not salesmen, and God calls us from all different walks of life. And so what I have prayed for is not a burden for souls, but a love for souls. Because if I have a love for souls, at no point I may get tired. I may, you know, love gets tired, love gets disappointed. But love never looks to get out from underneath the burden or the confines of a love relationship. Whereas if all I have is a burden, okay, I'm going to go 
do outreach. Uh, I'm going to go minister for an hour on Saturday, but the rest of the week I'm not going to do much of anything. Or I want to invite the waiter or waitress to church, uh, but they didn't do my meal right, so I'm still going to leave them a church card, but I'm going to be rude to them. But if I love people, I might leave the card. I may never leave a card, but I'm still going to be nice and kind to them regardless of what they are to right. me because I love people. It's not Now it's not a burden. It's not, it's not me trying to get something out of you. you know, I'm only going to be nice to you because I want relief of my burden. I want you to come to my church. Well, what if they don't come to the church for three, four, five, six months, maybe even a year? There's folks I've worked with for almost a year before they ever came to church, but I love them. And so if you love people, that's the idea behind ministry. For God so loved the world that he gave. And if we're not willing to give, if our idea of giving is just a budgeted amount of time and not on God's time, then it's very difficult to minister. You have this love for souls. You knock the door. Your mindset is different. Now you're approaching that as I could see this person sitting on the pew next to me in the next service, if they so willed. Or sometimes there's this change of ministry to where it's more than just explaining to them what you believe, trying to get them to see revelation. There's sometimes you walk in the midst of life for them to where you may have knocked on the door and they just lost a loved one. Their husband may have just walked out the door or their wife done the same. Can you share from your personal experience? I mean, I, I taught my, my first Bible study when somewhere between 9 and 10 years old. And then a very convoluted background, foster homes and all that kind of stuff. So uh, when, I, when the Lord let me come back to him in my early 20s, there was, a, there was a particular Bible study that I was doing. And I'd been there three or four weeks. And I had my Bible study all prepared. I was ministering, you know, I felt. And I believe the Lord does honor those things. Um, but I was not spiritually attuned to what was going on. I See, again, I could only minister the depth of my own revelation. I was praying personally to be saved. I was praying for the Bible study. I was praying for enlightenment so I could help them see what I wanted them to see out of the Scripture. So about my fourth week into it, I would go to the door and, the man answers the door. And he says, hey, Joe, it's nice to see you, but we won't need you to come anymore. And I said, oh, you know, okay. He said, yeah, my wife and I are getting a divorce. Mm. Okay, so so now I left. I left that one car, and I sat in the car, and I cried because the Lord had allowed me to go in that home three weeks. And for three weeks, I prayed. I fasted. I, I did what I was supposed to do, but I was wanting, I had an idea of where I wanted to lead them in those studies and not minister to where they were. And I missed the opportunity to minister to where they, they, they didn't need to know about the bloodline and, and they weren't interested in who Melchizedek was and they weren't interested in even Acts 2.38 at that point. I mean, you and I, we know that's ultimately the answer. Right to be born again. But every circumstance that comes up in life will eventually lead back to the need for salvation. But I don't need to address that right off. 
and so I missed my opportunity there. And and it uh, it really it it changed something in me. That's where I really went from the whole burden thing to a love. Because if I had if I loved you mentioned this here just a few moments ago, and it's something that I have often done. And this was prior to preaching. I never really thought that I would be in ministry, so I was very comfortable in in just being the best soul winner that I could be. And one of the things even back then that I would imagine is I would see people, different individuals, and I would imagine them with their hands raised, tears streaming down their face. Oh, my. What would it, what, to, to see those folks, what would it be like to, to be praying with them? They receive the Holy Ghost. So I'm not just seeing them in their present state. You know, some folks, they have a hard time entering into ministry because they've never really defeated their flesh. So whether it's a man or a woman, when I say flesh, I'm not just talking about from a, from the sexual temptation, but you see somebody with, with dreadlocks or, uh, you know, you see somebody all tatted out. So I'm looking at them, well, well, they really need church. Um, but I don't want to get too close to that. I don't know how to communicate with that. Or the person that is fighting their flesh, they see a woman or a man and, and all they can see is that flesh or whatever. They're still going to invite them to church, but they're, they're hooked. They can't see beyond the flesh or the appearance to what would it be like if right now I begin to talk to that person, the presence of God came on and we prayed them through the Holy Ghost. Yep. You know, that's ministry. Right. Ministry. Okay. So that bleeds over. And I know we're not talking about, but, but just, I know we'll get to this, but most likely. And that is that, that ability to minister to people on the outside and see God doing a work in their life before they ever get in a church service is what helps people to really minister in the altars and help people pray through, not just hold up hands, give them back rubs and, you know, kind of pray silently off to the side, but those that really get involved with someone praying in the altar, that's the difference is they've learned how to minister. And again, you can only do that through the depth of your own personal revelation right. of ministration. And it's trial and error. I mean, there is trial and error in it. Exercise. There, there is uh, uh, that, that verse, you just brought that up, and it is, it's exercising. It's um, Hebrews chapter 5, uh, verse 14. And the Bible says, having their senses exercised to discern good from evil. The mature, the spiritually mature, have their senses exercised. And exercise is, is a trial and error. You know, it's, it, it, indica- it indicates training. Well, training, you can strain a muscle. Training, you can get too much weight. You have not enough weight. But in the training, you discern more of what's going on, both good and evil. And that doesn't mean you're seeing angels in every you know tree and devils behind every bush. It, but, but you learn things of what's going on and you become more discerning of where people are while you're ministering. We will pause at this point in the interview. I am excited to continue our discussion next week 
as Brother Savala shares how the act of ministering and the gifts of the Spirit need to be governed by love. Lastly, the episode will be closed out with a bonus question that I was not planning to include in the interview. What a beautiful presence of the Holy Ghost that fell on us as we talked about the name of Jesus. I would like to encourage any listener that does not have an apostolic church to attend to please join us this weekend as revival services continue. Our service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m., Sunday evening at 6 p.m., and Monday and Tuesday evenings at 7.30 p.m. I promise that you will not leave disappointed. Come see what the power of God will do in your life. Thank you to everyone who has joined us for today's podcast. We want you to know that we are here to help you in any way we can. If there is anything we can do for you, please don't hesitate to contact us. Send your prayer request to prayer at olathetruth.com. That's prayer at olathetruth.com. If you live in the Kansas City metropolitan area, we invite you to join us for our services this week. Sunday morning at 10, Sunday evening at 6, and Tuesday evening at 7.30. For those who cannot attend, we will provide a live stream on our Facebook page, our YouTube page, and our website, olathetruth.com slash live. Until our next podcast, take care and God bless.